What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Wednesday night. It's been a long, long time coming. I know I've been absent for a minute, but season four is finally here. I could easily say that the absence was due to Canelo Alvarez's loss to Dimitri Bivol, but to be honest, I've just been a little sidetracked with work, a little sidetracked with personal life, and, you know, had to step away for a minute. But I'm back, and man, we have a lot to talk about. Alluded to it a little bit earlier, but... Canelo Alvarez losing to Dimitri Bivol was devastating. I was in Aruba at the moment and out on the streets having a couple drinks, watching this fight, very excited to see what was going to happen. I was fully confident in Canelo Alvarez's abilities and man was I disappointed. You know, I knew Dimitri Bivol was tough. I knew he was a really strong fighter. I didn't think he was going to have that much ease against Canelo, clearly, because I thought Canelo was going to win. But I, I thought it was going to be a close fight. Um, Dimitri Bivol is highly talented. You know, he has great work rate. He's much larger, much stronger. Just based on the last two fights that he fought prior to Canelo Alvarez, I didn't see that guy step into the ring. You know, like the guy I saw fight Canelo Alvarez is, was a different man. It was very disappointing to see Canelo Alvarez get flustered and find himself in situations where he wasn't able to get the shots off that he wanted to get off. He wasn't able to connect on shots that he felt like he could connect with. I think Canelo Alvarez did a poor job um, in terms of game plan and uh, you know management of that fight. It seemed like he was trying to go for plenty of headshots when I think everyone going into the fight assumed he was going to attack the body. Based on uh, Dimitri Bovel's past fights, felt that Canelo Alvarez attacking the body is one of his strengths everyone assumed that that was going to be his game plan coming into the fight and let the other types of shots come to him later on down the fight canal Alvarez likes to start off slow which he did of course but a lot of people thought he was going to go into this work the body throw some jabs keep hooking him to the right keep hooking him keep hooking him keep hooking him you know mix some straight shots to the body and then you know mix it up top but that's not really what we got out of the fight and I think Canelo Alvarez learned his lesson. He's going to go out there in his next fight against Triple G, that trilogy fight, and he's going to be a different animal as well. They have a long history, of course, and I think Canelo Alvarez is going to be, I don't want to say more motivated, but you know that extra little fire that will light inside someone's head when he's fighting someone who he personally hates, someone who he genuinely, genuinely hates, that's that's who Triple G is. And Canelo Alvarez is going to go out there, and he's going to want to prove to people that, I don't want to say fall off, but he's, he just wants to prove to people that he still has what it takes to be one of the top guys in boxing. I felt like it was a little disrespectful for you know, boxing media and fans alike to drop him from the number one pound for pound ranking all the way to five through six. Some of them only put him down to four, but that was, you know, the highest that I saw him fall to, which I think was a little bit harsh of a judgment, just given the fact that Dimitri Bivol was clearly uh, one of the two-headed monsters at the light heavyweight division. Light heavyweight division is one higher than 168, and Canelo Alvarez is naturally a small 168 as is, so him moving up to 175, that's not necessarily someone who I would penalize that much. I would like to think that Canelo is going to go to that next fight against Triple G and knock him out. I think he's obviously going to be very, very motivated, and I think he's going to use that fire to 
really show that he's dominant get a good win against a very very strong opponent a future hall of famer and set himself up nicely uh, going towards the end of that year or into 2023 for the dimitri bivol side of things there's uh, a lot of talks about him potentially fighting gilberto ramirez Um, of course ramirez very very strong fighter undefeated mexican a lot of length a lot of strength and you know it's just someone who just comes at you with tenacity and the wba is uh making him mandatory for that bout which as much as uh, that fight will be good if it happens it's a little disappointing because i think not even i think i know everyone who knows anything about boxing wants to see dimitri bivol versus archer better beef when uh you know better beef himself now has three belts he dominated joe smith jr and that would be a undisputed bout for the light heavyweight title, all four belts on the line, and that's a fight that I think fans really, really want to see. Probably, not even probably, easily uh, top two or three fights out there in boxing that could be made, and if the WBA gets their way, fans won't get it next, which is disappointing. Now I said top two or three, of course, the other two, would be uh, a Tyson Fury versus the winner of an Anthony Joshua versus an Alexander Usyk for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship, and Errol Spence Jr. versus uh, Terrence Crawford. Those are the other two bouts that I think would go at the top of that three-headed monster. Now, speaking of Alexander Usyk and uh, Anthony Joshua, that's a rematch that's coming up around the corner, and a lot of people are going into that bout with uh, the mindset that Usyk is going to dominate Joshua again. I think Joshua has proven himself to be someone who struggles um, when the light's brightest. You know, he was caught by surprise against an Andy Ruiz. He's been tagged before in previous bouts. He had a very, very nice win um, against Klitschko a few years back. But even that one, he got tagged up and pieced up a bit. And Klitschko was old. He was uh, not moving the same as he used to, and even though he put up a valiant effort, he was just fighting the much stronger, younger, and faster man. Despite all of that, he put Anthony Joshua to the test, and that was years ago. And uh, Anthony Joshua, when he fought Usyk, Usyk, the naturally much smaller man, but much, much, much more skilled, went out there and absolutely dominated him. And I'm really excited to see that uh, rematch it's going to be a really, really good fight. I'm fully expecting Usyk to win, and I'm hoping that Tyson Fury uh, takes that challenge to fight him because Tyson Fury is a bad man, and I want to see that fight as well. Um, Tyson Fury is much larger. He has the skills to match Usyk. He doesn't have the same speed, but you know he has some power. He has some strength. He has, as everyone's saying right now, some dog in him. You know he's been put to the test against Deontay Wilder multiple times, and he's come out victorious twice, and arguably should have came out victorious that first bout as well. Now, speaking of a Deontay Wilder, there's a lot of talks about him potentially coming back. And, uh, you know, postponing what a lot of people think should be a retirement. I still want to see him fight. If he wants to fight and he's going to put in the work to get himself up physically and uh, put his best foot forward, 
I want to see him fight. Now, if he's not going to do that, I don't want to see him risk injury. He's a guy that I've loved watching for years. If he's only going out for the cash and not necessarily putting his maximum effort and only going to put himself at risk, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see him fight anyone. But, you know, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been a champion for a long time. Obviously, he's not anymore, but he still is a former champion that, you know, has been battle tested, obviously. And I want to see him fight as many times as he's got left in his career, which I would say two, maybe three fights max, depending on how many quote-unquote softer touches he takes before he tries to go out there and contend for another title, assuming he's victorious. Now, there's a lot of talks that it could be uh, Chisora. Um, there's a talks that it could be an Andy Ruiz. I don't mind who he fights as long as... He gets one more high-profile fight after. I think if Anthony Joshua ends up losing that fight against Usyk, the perfect match would be to put Joshua versus Wilder, which at that point I'm assuming Wilder would have fought in a nice little tune-up to get himself wet a little bit, and Joshua would be at a quote-unquote crossroads, having uh, lost the title twice and again lost about where he tried to attempt as a challenger um, assuming he loses to Usyk of course and him being at a crossroads Wilder having one last stand to try and be champion again that would be a fight to make it's one that people wanted years ago when they were both champions and if we get to this point and both of those things happen as I'm hoping they happen that's a fight that I think will be you know, very marketable, sell a lot of money, sell a lot of tickets, we'll get you a nice worldwide tour, and we'll leave you guys with someone who deserves one last title shot. So that's what I'm hoping for. Heavyweight divisions looking nice, assuming everyone fights each other, you know. It's very easy that Deontay Wilder doesn't fight anymore. It's just as easy for Tyson Fury to say, you know what, I've had a nice career, I'm done as well. Um, Anthony Joshua can go out there and blow some smoke and not look remotely competitive at all and subsequently could be someone who fans don't necessarily want to see anymore. That could just as easily happen almost just by a flip of a coin from the scenario that I laid out just prior. So, you know, only time will tell. You know, these guys are professional athletes, one of the hardest sports out there. You got to train your fucking ass off and... I would give any guy who steps in the ring or any woman who steps in the ring the benefit of the doubt that they're going to put their best foot forward. This isn't basketball. This isn't people you know, sitting on load management. This isn't people who are arguing about their contracts and not showing up to work. Like These are guys that uh, live and breathe fighting. As long as they go out there and put their best effort, I think we're, the fans are going to get a lot of good stuff to see. Another fight that's coming up, uh, that's interesting is uh, Ryan Garcia versus Javier Fortuna. Unfortunately, Ryan Garcia's noise has been made outside of the ring for about a couple years now. He's had a couple injuries in the past, uh, one physical and one dealing with his mental health, and that's canceled a few fights. He has kind of been lapped, essentially, by the rest of his uh, contemporaries in the light lightweight division Gervonta Davis no one really sees that as a competitive fight Devin Haney of course champion 
No one sees that as a competitive fight. Vasily Lomachenko, of course, no one sees that as a competitive fight. And Ryan Garcia, who, you know, once was seen as the fourth head of that monster, is now definitely, definitely far back in that rearview mirror. And this is going to be an opportunity for him to reassert himself in the division and show that he means business. You know, there's been a lot of talks about him not being fully dedicated to his craft. You know, he's a big social media guy and uh, someone who, former uh, teammate of Canelo, whom Eddie Ramoso, the trainer, has said uh, he doesn't show up to work, he doesn't show up to training. You know, he comes in when he wants, he leaves when he wants, and uh, Canelo Alvarez backed that up and said, you know, this guy doesn't really give a shit. It sucks to see the relationship like that fall through because now Ryan Garcia has been talking mad shit about a Canelo Alvarez and it's a little disappointing. You know, the one bright spot out of all of that is, though, that Floyd Mayweather almost immediately had Canelo's back. And that's interesting because Floyd Mayweather, former Canelo Alvarez opponent, I would say someone who doesn't necessarily, or rather didn't necessarily like to see all the noise that Canelo Alvarez was getting back when he was pound for pound number one. I think a lot of people were elevating Canelo Alvarez to the point where you know, they were like, oh, like he's going to fucking wash the light heavyweight division. You know, he has a chance to go up to cruiserweight. Damn, what happens if he eventually makes it up to heavyweight? Man, this guy has, you know, one of the best of all time. And Floyd Mayweather didn't like that noise because he felt that him being undefeated, him going through five weight classes, him beating uh, Canelo Alvarez, albeit when he was 23 years old and weight drained, three weight classes lower, he felt that Canelo Alvarez didn't necessarily deserve that praise. You know, my hunch is that since Canelo Alvarez lost that fight to Bivol and that talk has sort of died down from the most casual of fan bases, that Floyd Mayweather doesn't necessarily see Canelo as an immediate threat at this moment and, you know, is doing what he does best and that's praising the rest of his contemporaries in boxing. Floyd Mayweather would always talk a lot of shit to his opponents pre-fight and, of course, during fight, but always after the bout, he always embraced um, his opponents well, almost never talks ill will about these guys after the fact. Even of Manny Pacquiao, when they went through years and years and years of negotiation, they had all of those fights about PEDs, you know, saying the nastiest and nastiest shit about each other. After they fought, he's shown nothing but love for the man. And again, I think it's because at that point, Floyd Mayweather felt that he wasn't essentially a challenger for him and for the era. And I think that's how he views Canelo. And so he has no problem having his back as a true champion. And he called Canelo Alvarez a surefire future Hall of Famer, which he is. And uh, I love to see it, man. You know, you always want to see people that are contemporaries, people who have reached the pinnacle of their respective crafts, show some love for each other. You hate to see, especially people who have dedicated so much time to a, to a craft, to their job, to their passions, to master it as well as they have. You hate to see those types of people hate on others that have done essentially the same thing. I'm just happy that uh, we don't have to deal with that anymore, or at least for the time being. Maybe that'll happen again if Canelo Alvarez can avenge his defeat against a Dimitri Bivol or just go on another run 
throughout the rest of his career. So, you know, we could see that. That's something that uh, is on the shelf for now, and we just got to take things one bout at a time. There's a lot of good shit happening in boxing, and, uh, man, it's, it's, it's a good thing, man. It's a really, really good thing. You know, Jake Paul, just to get on that train for a little bit, Jake Paul has another fight coming up. Uh, he originally had it scheduled with uh, a Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury, of course, is uh, the half-brother of Tyson Fury, former Love Island star, professional boxer, and uh, that was going to be Jake Paul's official, official, official entry into fighting someone who is a quote-unquote boxing lifer, not someone who is an ex-combat sports fighter, not someone who's an ex-NBA player, not someone who is a novice for lack of a better term that was going to be someone where he was going to prove himself against someone who's trained at boxing longer than he has of course tommy fury had some visa problems unfortunately that fight had to get canceled for a second time and now jake paul's next fight is going to be against hasim rahman jr you know hasim rahman jr is the son of uh, Hasim Rahman, uh, who is a, a great fighter in his own right, and uh, someone who is highly respected in the community. So, him fighting Junior is honestly like such a sick test because this is someone who fights for a living. That's how he makes his money. He's been in the business for a while. Someone who comes from a boxing family, and Jake Paul's stepping in the ring against him. He's by far the smaller man. It's going to be interesting. I don't want to give like a prediction because, uh, to be honest, I've, I haven't seen a junior fight, but uh, I will definitely tune in to see how this fight turns out. I'm very interested to see uh, how Jake Paul looks against someone who actually trains for boxing, <laughs> not a, not just in their uh, free time leading up to the bout, but someone who trains as their career. And I'm I'm excited, man. It's it's something that. You know, you almost have to you have to respect, even though he has his controversies, he's not the most well liked person and rightfully so. For someone who said he wanted to be a boxer and has worked his way the way he has, has stepped up in competition every single fight in his career, and now is fighting someone who's a, a living, breathing professional, it's exciting. And uh, I'm looking forward to that fight. Now some other some other interesting fights out there, uh, just to keep it going, keeping the momentum going. We have Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavidez. This is going to be a cool fight because Danny Garcia is moving up in weight. He has proven that, or rather has not proven to be capable of uh, challenging at 147. He wants to keep fighting, though. He's moving up to 154 to fight Jose Benavidez. Again, I don't want to give predictions because I don't have any idea where Danny Garcia is in terms of training. I don't know how dedicated he is at this time. He's taken some tough defeats. You know, he's someone who was out there essentially just living life. Like, he got to a point where after he started uh, tasting some defeats, you could definitely tell that he was going in a little less motivated. He didn't have that fire in his eye like as he stepped in the ring you know he kind of just looked like someone who was going out there trying to win not someone who was going out there trying to kill the guy and um you know i'm hoping he has a good fight because uh I i've been a big fan of his for a while and uh you know you just want to see 
you just want to see him and anyone who's fought at that level who chooses to continue fighting you just want to see them do good and even if they lose you just want to see them at least put their best effort lose a close fight you don't want to see them get absolutely destroyed and uh i'm looking forward to it you know we also have a teofimo lopez coming back against uh, a carlos campa uh, that's going to be uh next month um you know teofimo lopez the fire for his career has kind of uh, dwindled down a bit so much so that i forgot to even mention him as uh, one of those elite lightweights um that's a sharp drop from when he defeated vasily lomachenko but uh, he's going to have the opportunity to you know put himself out there and uh, spark some interest in the community again now out in september we have clarissa shields versus savannah marshall that's going to be for the wbo wba ibf and wbc middleweight titles and uh aka that's going to be for the undisputed middleweight crown that's going to be a sick fight i'm rooting for clarissa shields the greatest woman of all time it's not a, it's not something that's going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination savannah marshall is bad as fuck and uh she's going to go out there with full intentions of winning, full intentions of knocking Clarissa Shields out. That's going to be a really, really interesting fight that uh, I'm really looking forward to. Man, there's some good stuff out there. And, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Adrian Broner is having a comeback against Omar Figueroa next month on August 20th on Showtime big fall for adrian broner in terms of his star power obviously he's been out of the ring for a while anyone who follows boxing knows uh the depths of where he's been especially uh exasperated by the fact that his peak was so high in terms of uh i guess credibility in in terms of firepower in terms of marketability and that's almost dwindled down to nothing now showtime's banking on his namesake to uh at least attract some eyes omar figueroa also is someone who can attract some some eyeballs out there especially from the mexican community and uh this is going to be adrian broner's last stand and uh, i'm a fan of his i'm hoping he ends up winning this fight but uh as they say we shall see huge fan of broner's Based on his fighting style, I don't know if he'll be able to win this fight, especially uh, where he's at in his career. But essentially been out of the news for a little bit of time now. So, you know, he could very well be training his ass off. And uh, I'm excited to see where he's at. Man, we have a lot of good stuff. All of those fights that I mentioned are within the next month um, and a couple days. And i'm just excited man now ufc is uh making some noise as well uh kamara uzman is gonna fight uh leon edwards um in about a month month and a half and uh that's that's a fight that of course everyone's gonna look forward to as well kamara uzman has been making noise calling out canelo alvarez for months so hopefully he's not too distracted um i mean based on his talent level and uh based on uh I don't want to say bad luck, but based on uh, Leon Edwards' recent track track record uh, for sustaining injuries and not being able to fight when he wants, and you know having to put off uh, training a few times, I don't see that being too too hard of a test for Kamara Usman right now at this stage of his career in his prime. So I'm hoping he ends up winning that fight. 
if we're eventually able to see a crossover bout between him and Canelo Alvarez, it's going to make a shit ton of money. So, um, as they say, that's going to be a card in our back pocket, and uh, we'll revisit it at some time down the road. All right, everybody. That's it for Season 4, Episode 1 of The Bad Promoter. Really appreciate you all for uh, tuning back in after this extended absence. Uh, check us out on uh, thebadpromoter.com. And as always, follow me at The Bad Promoter on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you. And let's get it.